Fidget, a BFRB podcast. I think I think we can call it a trip down memory lane. <laughs> oh, it's so fancy. <laughs> All right. So welcome back to Fidget, the podcast for your BFRB toolbox. Today, we thought we would share a, an episode that is very close to our heart um, because it's actually the first episode that Jason and I ever recorded together. And it was um, a pre-fidget episode. Oh, pre-fidget. P.F. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I guess to set the stage, Jason and I, uh, we'd known each other for a few months. We, most of our friendship had actually developed over Zoom and and Facebook Messenger because uh, we met shortly before the beginning of the pandemic. But one of the few times we were actually able to meet in person at Dude Chilling Park. We uh, uh, met and sat down, and Jason, you pulled out your your iPhone. Trusty Sorry, I'm iPhone. dropping a lot of brand names for no reason. <laughs> well, we met at Starbucks, and then uh, <laughs> uh, be sure to sponsor us. Yeah. Um, anyways, so you pulled out your unnamed phone, and uh, you're like, hey, Adela, I have this project I've never told you about, even though we talk every week. <laughs> I have a podcast. And I was like, what? And and yeah, your other podcast is called Piercer. Do you want to? Um, yes, it's a, a podcast where I ask my friend Ernest questions. And um, I am quite embarrassed by it. But here we are. It's out in the world. And, um, and Adele came on. And uh, proto-fidget, pre-fidget. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Apologies for the loud um, motorbike sounds in the background. It was a park on a on a sunny afternoon, mm-hmm. so there was a lot going on. Pretty popular park in Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> I love this attitude, Adele. I've hit record. Right. Um, my generally, I talk pretty loud, so I'll, I'll move it closer <laughs> okay. to you. I'll use my chest voice. <laughs> That's something I'm working on. Yeah. how but okay i mean (laughs) we were kind of brainstorming topics i almost like i kind of did want to make it about a bfrb yeah because i think not a lot of people talk about it. not a lot of people talk about it it is like a big part of both of our lives Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't know something we have in common we think a lot about we don't Mm -hmm. get a chance to talk about it a lot um so i mean I don't think the podcast would suffer with a BFRB intro to people. Oh, to what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. We should probably start with the acronym. Cause... I think that would be a good place to start. <laughs> so, yeah. A BFRB is a body-focused repetitive behavior, uh, which is a, I think they refer to it as an umbrella term um, that encompasses a variety of uh disorders or conditions that involve repetitively uh, or compulsively doing something um, mm. with your body. And so most yeah. people know about nail biting. I feel like that's, right. I actually told someone about BFRBs this weekend on a date. Wow. <laughs> and and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I've always, uh, I've always been biting my nails. And that's, that's super interesting. Same thing. Mm. Yeah. 
That's yeah. it. You got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, how my BFRB manifests is that I like scratch at my hands a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot like scratch at the back of my hands. I guess sometimes like my wrist area as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've probably had my BFRB for, I think since I was like, I don't know, maybe eight, eight years, eight years now. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I initially connected with you mm-hmm. is you sent that Facebook post out wanting to talk about it. I'm like, holy cow, I want to talk about it. <laughs> um, and I mean, just the introduction of, so I hadn't heard about the BFRB acronym. Um, I think I had heard of dermatillomania before in my mm-hmm. rough Googling. Just the skin picking. The right. skin picking. Um, but I actually hadn't heard of the BFRB ac- like umbrella term. I think it's um, more recent, too. Mm-hmm. I think they've found some commonalities between trichotillomania and dermatillomania and nail biting. And it's helpful to sort of view them as one because mm-hmm. there's so many commonalities. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Have you, I mean, you said you just recently brought it up on a date. <laughs> Do you think you would, like... I mean, for me, I was always very shy, not shy, ashamed of um, my BFRB, and I would never talk about it anyway, mm-hmm. let, al- let alone a date. Do you think this, um, have you always been pretty open about it, or? Uh, no. When I, well, I've had, okay, so I have trichotillomania, which is hair pulling, and it started way back when I was eight. I pulled from my eyelashes, and then it came back when I was 13, and now I pull from my hair and my eyelashes and my eyebrows, sometimes my arms and legs as well, but yeah. And when I was a teenager and it first came up, I was really self-conscious about it because I had never really heard about it or no one around me knew what it was. And I think as a teenager especially, you're really aware of your physical appearance and People are already pretty hard on themselves and <laughs> how they feel in their bodies at that age. So yeah. I think it became part of that uh, that feeling of, you know, not feeling very confident with myself. But towards, I think it was the end of middle school that I was first really opening, starting to open up to my friends and explaining what it was. Because I had started uh, psychotherapy at that point. So I had more vocabulary and a better understanding of what it meant and why it was happening in my life mm-hmm. and then over the years it's just gotten easier and easier every time I open up about it I've never had someone say wow that's so you're so weird or, I don't want to be friends with you anymore like all I've gotten is people thinking oh whoa I've never heard about that or mm-hmm. or even more surprising is wow, I do this other thing that kind of sounds like that, like mm. lip biting or, like, hand-picking as well. Mm. And if anything, it's just... Um, I've found that people open up in exchange, almost, and mm. we have a deeper relationship. So mm-hmm. now I kind of... I don't necessarily open with it, but if there's a reason why... Like, if someone asks about something that's... Um, that's related to it or mm. I won't hold it back right I won't keep it a secret even mm-hmm. on a first date <laughs> even on a first date like, you'll find out yeah. it's fine <laughs> I, something that I've found is that like in the past when I kind of half hit it like I didn't 
if someone were to ask and I wasn't like ready to share about it, my hesitance was actually like detrimental because I think in them trying to understand and like I guess be helpful mm-hmm. it, it just hurt more like the example that I think about the most is that a lot of people just think I have eczema right. and I, I mean I don't actually so in my mind eczema is this idea where it's like oh like I have eczema too you have to try this lotion it's very <laughs> useful um, and to me it's hard if, if they already have that assumption going in it's like there's so much more work to like say no that's not what I have it's something else rather than say oh you know what actually it's BFRB you know mm-hmm. it, it's like just a easier way to start the conversation I think right um, and yeah because often people don't have a reference point where you can say oh it's a BFRB and they'll think oh yeah that thing you know mm-hmm. it's pretty rare still because mm-hmm. people don't talk about it that much that's interesting actually I was thinking about that the other day because so I have this esthetician that I absolutely love and she's great we have a we're just really good friends <laughs> um, and I went to see her a few weeks back and I was telling her about how like my eyelash I don't I barely have any eyelashes and it's really rare for me to let them grow uh, because that's where I'll pull first when I'm stressed uh, and she and so she recommended she was telling me she's like oh my gosh there's this product that you can put on your eyelids it'll make them grow so fast like just give it three weeks and they'll be so long like it'll be amazing even though I had already told her that I have to go to Lamania and yeah. I know she just like means really well mm. and and so it's funny because it's like yeah I mean that probably would happen if I didn't pull them out yeah before the three weeks (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would be great if I could just you know wait three weeks and Mm. let them grow so sometimes the solutions yeah they're not always quite right but it's it's sweet that people try it's just like knowing how to explain it explain Mm -hmm. something that people have never experienced is is challenging yeah yeah. definitely challenging um, there's a lot going on in this part. Yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot of background noise, so <laughs> yeah. apologies, listeners. Well, that's okay. I mean, whatever. Um, one, th- <laughs> one thing that I'm almost amazed at is, like, how quickly my hands heal mm. when, like... Because, like, I feel like, you know my BFRB it affects me every single day um for the most part every single day but there are periods when I'm not so stressed and I feel very rested and I'm like taking care of myself I'm eating well I'm sleeping well and even like you know three four five days um where it's just like I haven't picked in those five days and like my hands are good they're healed and it's it's like quite remarkable how fast my hands heal um Another thing I think about is, like, when I accidentally cut my hand in a different way, like, um, I, I don't know what an example is, like, oh, I get, like... You're cutting onions? Yeah, or something like that. And it's, like, I like my hands get hurt in a non-BFRB way. Those just heal over, like, instantly. <laughs> and I'm, like, what the heck? Why? That's not fair. Yet, at the same time, I'm still, like, picking my... Picking oh, my other hand. Um, yeah. hmm. So it's it's very much that like repetitive, like incessant, like you know, every five minutes, every thirty seconds, really. 
I'm just, um, you know, like rubbing the same part of my hand, and that's why um, my hand's not going to heal. But right. you know. yeah, it's it's interesting because I I feel like this one of the parts I struggle most with is the patience to the patience and the belief that it will heal because I find that if I go down if I have a pretty stressful day or I'm dealing I'm thinking through something and that that sort of leads me to pull my hair because it's a good coping mechanism to calm myself down uh I'll I can counteract one week of of healing and growth in like probably 10 minutes yes and all of a sudden it's it feels like it's gone you know I ruined it I and I got really down on myself because I think you know I I tried so hard and I'm just sabotaging the situation mm-hmm. but I think the constant reminder that oh no this you know it's grown back once it will grow back again and the you know let's look at the situation from a uh, in a larger context of what is the, what is this part of what else is going on because it's really not about the hair mm. <laughs> you know that's that's such a that that's a really small part of what's going on and it's easy to fixate on it but um i think having the the confidence that okay it's okay it will grow back and let's move on because if i focus on the fact that i destroyed um my progress for example i'll just keep doing it more because the stress of feeling like i've done something wrong will make me so it's it's a really yeah the negative shame spiral yes the internal thoughts Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think um, something uh, something that we sometimes talk about in our little uh, weekly BFRB support group is, um, <clears throat> like, different alternative coping mechanisms mm-hmm. to, uh, like, there's... I, I think common to BFRB is there's this, like, tactile nature of, like, yeah, just being able to, like viscerally just <laughs> like release something. yeah release yeah. exactly that's a good word um and I you know I think in recent years uh they have those like fidget spinners and mm-hmm. you know I think just more commonly people know to talk about like oh I'm just like fidgeting with a toy or I'm fidgeting with my keys right. um yeah. I guess again as a part of this um awareness to to our listeners I I, I think something I think is important to add or for me is yeah, there is something just very tactile about the release of, like, scratching my own skin that I just... Mm-hmm. It, it, there's no other way to, like, get that release. Right. Um, yeah, we've talked about how other uh, fidget toys or whatever don't... It's just not it's satisfying really enough. To, to yeah. be satisfied with it, yeah. Um, and I think that's a hard thing sometimes to explain to people of, like, why it is that I, like, keep on scratching. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, yeah, there's this, like, I have to. um, And I can't not. And it just... Sometimes I feel like my hand's on fire. Like, there's just this very... I know it's not on my skin. Like, it is something with my nervous system, something, you know, internal. But, yeah, it it just manifests very... in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. like now that I'm calm and talking to you about it, it I can like find some space in between it but in in the middle of it 
of like an episode I'm really stressed I'm really anxious it's just like I can't not um, right it's, it's yeah. that compulsive part right mm-hmm. and there's um you know the Instagram account that we've been following yeah, yeah, yeah. BFRB therapist I yes. think follow her she's great um, <laughs> uh, there's a post about there are two actually that I was thinking of one was that um, related to what you just said about the sensations that people tend to feel with BFRBs it's not self-harm so often, you know, if you knew nothing about trick and I said I was pulling out my hair, you might think that, oh, it's because I feel pain when I do that and there's and it's, you know, related to other forms of self-harm, but it actually is quite different. And in a lot of cases, people actually don't feel pain or it's a different kind of pain. Um, like, I don't actually feel pain when I pull out my hair, but I feel pain when I get my legs waxed. It's not like I don't have sensations there. It's just that my brain, I think, is maybe interpreting it in a different way Mm. I don't know why Um, but then um, the other thing that I was thinking of is BFRBs uh, in the past at least when I was first learning about them they've been associated with addiction Mm. um, and compared to that pretty closely but apparently in more recent research they've found that BFRBs are much more similar to OCD uh, in terms of the reasons why you're doing the behavior which I think is kind of interesting to like because for me so I have two main um, not really triggers but reasons to pull Uh, one is that my scalp feels a certain way and I need to release that feeling Mm. and so I don't need to be looking at myself like I could just be reading or whatever and um, I would feel the urge and and, uh, go for it Um, But another very different experience is the visual aspect of what my hair looks like. So this is especially true for my eyelashes, and it's why they never grow, is because if I look in the mirror and I see one that's either shorter or longer or thicker or lighter, like, it could be anything, but if it looks different for some reason or it's not in line with the others, um, then I will, like, intentionally pull it out with my tweezers. Um... And I think that, like, I don't have OCD, so I don't know. But mm. in that regard, I, I find, like, I can observe maybe a parallel there. Right. Uh, I, I can't stop myself in that moment. Like, it's compulsive. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Hard to understand. Hard to understand. Yeah. <clears throat> um, as we were talking, I was reminded um, of another thing that we learned recently but there's this video um that oh, i shared yeah. with adele about i think her name was named ashley, ashley. Yeah. um and she, she i think she was like a buzzfeed uh blogger person writer um but she shared in this video that she also had a bfrb um and in it she she had this metaphor i guess of um, trying to explain it to people who don't have a BFRB mm-hmm. and it's um, imagine yourself like sitting in a dark room that's totally quiet except for there's this one mosquito that's just <laughs> and you just hear it like flying around in the room and you just sit there and maybe you're trying to fall asleep and you just sit there and you're just alone with your thoughts but then just again this mosquito just comes whizzing by it's like, and you're like okay ignore it ignore it ignore it and then at a certain point, you just get up, and you're like, that stupid mosquito, you, like, 
go around, try to find it, but it's like dark, right? So you can't actually get to it. But maybe you like chase it away. It goes, and you feel like you've done something by like getting out of bed, trying to scare the mosquito away. You can't find it, so you, but you think maybe it's good enough. You go, you sit back down. You're like, ah, finally. It's a piece of quiet. And then two seconds later, you hear again the mosquito. And then the, the process just continues over and over again. Um, and, yeah, it, like there's just these small instances that's just, it's just following you and haunting you. Uh, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you forget about it and it's good and you keep on moving. But, um, yeah, definitely for me when I'm, um, you know, alone, often when I'm trying to fall asleep, and like I'm like reflecting on my day or I'm like planning for for tomorrow it's just this little little, but I'm like ah I need to scratch it um yeah it's like a nagging sensation almost it's just there but anyways so um I guess that was our mini uh BFRB primer um (laughs) as for our actual conversation today um Oh, right. Wow, now it starts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that could also be our episode. We were just like, yeah. hey, you know, that's, that's what it is about. This can be part two. <laughs> part two. Bam. Got to build that yeah. following. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like we give a pretty good overview of BFRBs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything important. I mean, I think, at least for me, it's related to anxiety, to my anxiety. Mm. I think that's the case for a lot of people as well. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, well, you mentioned this, like, periods of low stress or taking care of yourself. I also tend to do a lot better if I'm away from work, for example, and I'm traveling. um, My environment changes. It tends to actually get better for a while Mm. because I'm not... I think part of it is I'm not in the routine of everyday life. Right. um, So that can be really helpful. Or being outside is really good for it, too. Yeah, related to anxiety... Uh, yeah, I guess uh, your roommate Kate brought this up. Another member of our little BFRB group is that, like, you know, this is kind of the coping mechanism that we've developed for us. Like, this is the way we've learned to handle stress. Um, I don't know. Are you working on other ways of coping, handling stress? What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, I think. It's a combination. It's a combination of those tactile, trying to find tactile replacements that can offer a similar, uh, a similar release. It's never the same, but like for a while, I was popping bubble wrap, um, or I have a like a clay stone that I like holding because of the sensation, um, or like I can interrupt it by just running my head under cold water. <laughs> which is if I'm really desperate. So that helps with sort of the immediacy of the, the need to release that. But I think more importantly, I'm trying to do more like mindfulness techniques overall to, to manage my stress better in the first place. Um, so trying to do meditation. And I find that weeks when I start journaling again and I'm just feeling a bit more grounded and aware of my own thoughts, then I'm able to manage the stress a lot better yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah are you still doing the daily meditation <clears throat> yeah I um fell off for a bit 
Um, but actually, yeah, recently, I would say within the last two, three weeks, I've been trying to uh, do it every day. Um, yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard to get that discipline. And, yeah, totally. And doing it. I've also started um, doing some, like, uh, YouTube yogas. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so that helps. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Movement is so important mm-hmm. to me as well. Yeah, but I find with mindfulness, I think something that they talk about is just like bringing, well, yeah, just having that awareness, and that definitely helps in the moment. It's hard when everything is just like so reactive, I mm-hmm. guess, and like I feel like maybe... The, the discipline of a more proactive mindfulness practice is just it's just so hard to see it's the results so <laughs> I find that really hard as well I admire people who can maintain the like I've tried so many times to set a morning schedule that I stick to and that yes. does all the things that I think I should be doing every day but then I get overwhelmed I feel like I have too many things to do in the yeah. morning <laughs> so I'm, I think the biggest thing I've been working on is changing my relationship to trick which we've talked about Mm. several times but really trying to see it as if I'm pulling my hair like it's not something that I need to get mad at myself for Mm. it's more it can really be a tool to tell me that okay something is going on Mm. and this is my opportunity to lean into it and and see and ask myself um, more than you know be hard on myself because I'm Mm. doing something I shouldn't be doing and I, I actually think that I kind of did that yesterday I had a really had a really intense pulling episode yesterday it was Mm. I'd been a while like I had been doing well for a few weeks probably three weeks for my hair at least Mm -hmm. where I hadn't really had the urge to pull and then yesterday it was so intense I was also I hadn't slept enough and I just couldn't stop like I was I was thinking through a lot of stuff and I just was constantly pulling and then Mm -hmm. I'd look at my hand be like hey I'm pulling I'm like but I'm also thinking through this thing. Yes. <laughs> and I was trying to, I was trying to negotiate with myself mm. to try to move to a different activity that would soothe me, but nothing else seemed good enough. Mm. But at least I was aware that I was yeah. soothing for a reason, and I think that was a really big step for me because mm. my automatic um, response was not, you know, how could you do this? It's been three weeks. Like you're ruining everything Mm -hmm. it really wasn't that and if anything it was kind of like oh damn like (laughs) (laughs) it's okay Adele like it's okay you're (laughs) this is a lot um so I think that's good but it takes a really long time because I really learned that negative relationship with Mm -hmm. Trick over the years something you said earlier uh was like that like belief like how much you believe in yourself that you can get better Mm -hmm. um And I think, yeah, that's a really hard part of the BFRB for me is just, you know, especially when it's bad, thinking like, wow, is it always going to be this bad? And it's really hard. I don't know, it's just hard to develop that, like, belief in yourself, I guess. Like, how do you believe in yourself? (laughs) Yeah. And I think a big part of that for me is accepting that it's likely to always be in my life in some form Mm. maybe not constantly but I kind of know that if a stressful event happens 
this will probably be my default just because that's how my body is now um, from, you know, more than 10 years of dealing with this. But I think I'm okay with that if I can also at the same time think, so maybe this is my default, but I'm also really, I'm strong and I've developed what I need to develop to then, you know, shift my attention, move on to something else so that it's not destructive in the way that it can be. But yeah, that takes a while. Oh. <laughs> so much work to do. So much work to do. <laughs> but it's very different than when I was younger, and I used to think, oh, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tackle this. I'm gonna figure out the solution, and then it'll be gone. But I just don't think that anymore. And no. I, and I'm okay with it because mm. you know it is. I think that's yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want it to take. I don't want it to have control over my life. Mm. But I also acknowledge that it will probably be around in some form right yeah yeah and it's weird that like that in it of itself is like progress in a certain way <laughs> yeah like I think sometimes a frustrating part of BF, um, having a BFRB sort of what we were alluding to is like how quickly like quote unquote progress or like how much healing can like disappear over like in, in, the, in a blink of an eye it's like, oh, I've been healing for a week, but then no, a stressful three minutes, and it's all gone. Yeah. And, like, there was all the progress that I was, like, patiently waiting and patiently healing and, like, being mindful and catching myself for every single... And it goes away. And then so that, like... it Yeah, it's so hard to measure progress. Yeah. Um, so then it's, like... I guess that was, like in my mind progress along the certain path but as you just said you know maybe the path isn't what I was supposed to be looking at really progress happens this way right mm. and progress is just the acceptance of it I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think it's maybe a bit of both because I think there is a like brains are malleable and we we can retrain our brains to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Um, and so maybe it is possible to completely get rid of it forever. Mm -hmm. But I guess I don't... Since I've thought that before and then I've had a relapse mm -hmm. and how upset I was at myself and mm -hmm. in that moment, I just don't want to set myself up for that again. Right. You know, It just doesn't seem productive or helpful. Mm. So I'm sort of re like psychologically ready for... If it happens, I won't be that surprised. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's a bit of both. Hmm. But so I mean, just hearing that, like, if I were to just clip out that what you just said, it's almost as if, like, you don't believe in yourself. But it's like you do believe in yourself, but in a different way than you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe in. Yeah, I do believe in myself, but I think my goal is maybe different than what I originally thought it was. It's like, um, do you listen to This American Life at all? No. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, they, uh, with all the, like, Black Lives Matters, um, stuff that's been happening recently, they, they, uh, released an episode that I think they did a couple years ago on Afrofuturism. Have you heard of Afrofuturism? It's about, it's, um... I don't have the exact definition, but it's basically a subgenre of science fiction in which... So traditionally, science fiction, there's no black people in it. It's just 
written for white people, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Whatever, whatever the explanation may be. But Afrofuturism is like science fiction written by black people for black people. Um, and when asked, like, what what is it about? Or, or I think you know they go into it in the This American Life episode and they talk about they they try to dissect what it means. Um, and they asked like a black comic book store owner about Afrofuturism. Like, what, what's it about? And to them, it's it's sort of about, like, resilience and, like, mm. in knowing how many difficult things, like, black people have gone through in the past, they know for a fact they're going to make it into the future. They're going to make it into where we're all living on Mars and, like, in moon mm. colonies and whatever. Like, they know because they've survived the past, there's as a like a community they're strong enough to make it in the future and so I mean I was just reminded of, I'm bringing that up because that's almost what I heard what you were saying is like I guess you just know that you're resilient enough mm. uh, that's a yeah that's a really good way of putting it like because of overcoming it over and over again I don't know if it gets easier but I learn things every time mm. and I can't expect that life is going to just be easy at one point or that I will have no stress because right. that will never happen <laughs> but I can believe that I ha- I'm developing the tools to better cope with the stress and mm. um, yeah that's an interesting that's super cool I'm going to listen to that episode I'm really interested in it actually I, I guess and I think maybe that's part of my narrative too is I think for a long time I thought I was weak because, yeah. like, I couldn't handle stress and I was just picking it, picking at my hands and, like, um, yeah, I was just feeling down on myself. Or, like, the story that I was telling myself was just, like, you're so weak, you're so weak, you can't handle this, you can't handle this, you can't handle this. But almost, like, looking back at kind of what I've accomplished, it's like, no, I've been able to do a lot of, like, really cool things and I'm really proud of that part of it so why do I still have this narrative that I'm weak mm. and so maybe I can like step out of that loop and just say no Jason you are strong I don't know if the right word is to use despite it's like I'm because. strong because <laughs> right um, yeah I don't know I mean and I think there's other factors as well but yeah I wouldn't mind saying because I think Mm. I've learned a lot from it Mm. there's a lot of things like I wouldn't have learned to meditate at 15 probably Mm. if this had not been a challenge that I was working through Mm -hmm. and so in some ways I'm it sounds weird but there are some things I'm grateful for that I learned probably could have learned in another way or later on but Mm -hmm. I think that's it's okay to see some good in it but then I'm always reminded of what we spoke about um, it was one of the earlier sessions where we were talking about how you can look at something like a BFRB and see benefits mm-hmm. in it and then it becomes harder to let go of it mm. and we were talking about how our friendship is based around this experience yes. that we have together and so how do we make sure that our friendship so we don't feel like we have to, you know, keep our BFRBs going strong so that we have a reason to meet up and talk about it, you know? So I think it's such a such a complex relationship to this yeah. part of myself. Um, but, 
yeah. I guess at a certain point, it's like, <clears throat> if, it, if it wouldn't be this, it would be something else. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone, all people have their own, like, challenge that they go through. Yeah. Ours just happens to be this. Um, mm-hmm. And it is through these challenges that we learn a lot of our life lessons. Because I guess we spend so much time just trying to, like, deconstruct it and analyze it. And then... I mean, through this through this experience, we come up with a certain set of conclusions and skills, and I guess that's how we talk about certain things. And yeah, I, mean, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everyone has their thing. Yeah. That we that they learn from. It's a good point. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that's a good place to call our first episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. That was great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks, Adele. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so just listening to those last couple of sentences, I feel very happy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess um, there you go. There you have it, listeners. The very first recording El- Adele and I had ever made. Um, the spark. The spark for Fidget. So thanks thanks to that fateful day in July um, in 2020 on um, in that park. With that phone. With that phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess until, until next episode, if, if you have any questions or comments, um, you can email us at fidgetpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, also at fidgetpodcast. We have a Patreon, so you can become a patron, Patreon. <laughs> I don't really know what the terminology is, but you can check that out on our newly uh, created website. By Dwayne. Thanks, Dwayne. Uh, thanks, Dwayne. It looks great. I love the serif. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is if you have one or two minutes, you can quickly leave us a review and help us reach more listeners who may have experiences with the FRBs and who may benefit from this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, uh, a thank you as always to Cheyenne, who illustrated our logo, to Thomas with our theme music. Um, and then... Until next time, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, great. You can just cut out the part where I'm randomly talking about the Apple Podcast. Right. Oh. The podcast part. In the intro or the outro? Just the outro. Just the outro. I don't What did I say in Apple? In the I intro, don't... you're like, oh, there's an iPhone. Oh, I'm using a lot of brands. Do you want that part in or out?